Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type and then report back the results to each other and you fine listeners. My name is Aaron Spears. And I'm Mike Went, And we are approaching the month of October. So this month's episode is from our listener, Natalie J. And this is Zombie Films. Zombie Films, indeed. Uh, we're going to use Natalie J.'s suggestion as also a jumping off point. So we'll have a few kind of horror... October-themed episodes in a row, but starting off with zombie films, uh, strong pick. Not really a genre, as I went back and looked, that I've seen a lot of, Yeah, but a good amount. And then this exposed me, obviously, to some more uh, interesting ones. Mike, I think right off the bat, again, we've got another topic where we have to acknowledge you know, the master of the genre that we're looking at. Uh, oh, yeah. In this particular case, we've got uh, George Romero, uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Do you credit him? Is he like the start of the zombie movies? Because I mean, there's some zombie films before then, but like he seems to be like credited as the father of the zombie film. I think I would say so. I, I think yeah. like you know he set the he set the standard, set the bar, and I mean that man, you know, it really uh, it, it was unique because they made it for so little, um, and yeah. you know basically used like almost every friend that he knew in Pittsburgh it sounds like <laughs> yeah. to, to make this movie. And in the fact that it still uh, is revered today is uh, you know, it's really quite something. And then of course, when he, he made uh, the further, you know, films in those, in that, you know, day of the dead and dawn of the dead, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, he really, I think up the game, each, each film that he uh, made in those series. Yeah. And, I, I did like I, I hadn't gone too much past Day of the Dead or no, actually last October was the first time I'd watched Day of the Dead. Um, I'd seen Land of the Dead, the one with Dennis yeah. Hopper where it's set in the high rise. But then I also trudged through and watched like Survival of the Dead and some of his other continued the dead ones. I think I finished out all of his dead films and I don't know. It's Romero. So like I'm giving him a lot of he gets a lot of love for me. Yeah. He did one, I think it's Survival of the Dead, in the style of like found footage horror, which I'm a sucker for, uh, that found yeah. footage kind of style. Uh, they're not great, but he's always able to incorporate, I think, something pretty interesting about it. Because I I think it is core, like, yeah, there's zombie movies, it's the, the, the dead are coming back to life and blah, blah, blah. But he's also got a really good eye, I think, for human drama. Yes, um, in there as well. Maybe not so much as they go on, but yeah, you're right. I mean, cause you know, initially I'm almost like backtracking on what I said. Like, it's like the, the ones in the, the one in the seventies, uh, yeah. which is a uh, dawn of the dead and then day of the dead. But yeah, when the ones in more in the 21st century, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe not not the genre alone for a while yeah. <laughs> through the 80s and into the nineties, but you know, that doesn't mean other people weren't picking up the mantle and doing uh, zombie films. But he, I I remember even as a kid watching Dawn of the Dead, the Romero one, and mm -hmm. really being like, oh, God, you can. It, it was an early on horror film for me as a kid on VHS. And going like, yeah. oh, God, you can just show like someone taking a bite out of somebody on film. Because <laughs> horror just wasn't like my pull when I was first getting into films and, and, and getting in there. But the way that he also went beyond just like having the great you know, practical effects. 
in his films for the zombie stuff, like it always seemed like in Dawn of the Dead was clearly like, okay, well, you know, zombies metaphor for consumerism. Yeah. The zombie outbreak as a metaphor for something else. Um, I, I feel like he gets the credit for that. And that's run through a lot of zombie films since. Yeah, then. absolutely. Yeah. The, the, uh, the commentary on, yeah. on culture uh, of those times. Yeah. The, I mean, the, that's just really what I think, makes a lot of those where sometimes horror films, at, at least by critics are sometimes the, you know, crapped on or, or, or poo pooed on just seen like, Oh, it's just all blood and gore. But when, when it makes a comment on things that are happening in society and culture, I mean, that that's when it like really, you know, strikes a nerve, I think with a lot of people and they can really resonate with that. Oh, for sure. So here's here's a question I came up with as I was kind of looking into like what makes a zombie film, what are the tropes, what are we looking at here? And with Romero, you've got like the slow moving zombies, they're afraid of fire, only brain shots or brain injuries are gonna take them out and actually kill them. You could riddle them with bullets and they're still gonna keep walking. You gotta, you know, yeah. pop them in the brain. Um, so not necessarily the most terrifying objectively thing. This isn't like a Jason or Michael Myers like crazed killer out there. Yeah coming for you it seems like a manageable threat yeah in in what you call i guess like the romero rules of the genre but i think that allows you to have the the humans that are hunkering down especially in like you know night living dead or dawn of the dead in the mall day of the dead in the bunker um it allows for like the human drama to take over and humans we we always find a way to fuck it up and (laughs) i i I think that that's where like that, that human quality of his stuff comes out where like it's not really like it's the humans screwing it up because like this should be an easy easy threat i think that allows for the commentary to come in and then when you get the terrible zombie movies that are just in it for the gore you're like well this is dumb like all you're here is for the gore like where's your human story to yeah no you're right you know and i I think some of the other you know tropes that i i've noticed like at least in some of the more modern ones Mm -hmm. is like you know that you still have some of the slow moving zombies but now it's just like there's always a huge mass of them (laughs) you know so right right you have our hero who, you know, maybe uh, there there might be one of the characters that, that we are starting to root for in the movie, but then is ultimately his de- his or her demise is just the fact that there's just like thousands of them. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. And, you know, pro- Romero, of course, could probably couldn't afford, uh, you know, to have the image of thousands and thousands of yeah. zombies. But, uh, <laughs> but he did have zombies that... that uh, did sort of evolve too, though. Like later on, there um, I can't remember which one, but there's like there's zombies that clearly like are are thinking and learning. Yes, um, like they start using guns at one point. I was like, I, I mean, it's your genre, man. You can do what you want, but I don't know if I'm really on board of <laughs> this kind of an element here. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting how it is sort of um, evolved. And actually, I was kind of mindful of that with the stuff I picked for this particular episode as well. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, well, let's get into it, Mike. What, any honorable mentions you want to shout out before we get to our, our picks? Yes, I have a, a real fun one to start off with. Uh, you know, in, in some zombie movies are, you know, are played for very serious, I would say, like probably nine times out of ten. But uh, this one was, you know, a couple years ago, I had, uh, my wife and I were, we we had kind of seen everything that that. <laughs> And was out at the time and we went to like one of the remaining dollar theaters at the time and just you know decided to see this movie called Anna in the Apocalypse um Ooh. which is 
it was released in 2017 and it's a uh, British movie that is a, it's a zombie movie, but it's also a musical yep. uh, <laughs> and it's set around Christmas time. And uh, so it, you know, it, it basically follows a, a high school girl and uh, you know, the, the apocalypse has, <laughs> has arrived to their, to their small town, their small village. And um, the, the one thing that, that stuck out about this is uh, just the, the young actors that they got, they, they all have really great chemistry and uh, you know, it's very modern. So, you know, you have like uh, all spectrums of, of people in the film and the songs are extremely catchy. I, I know like we immediately bought the soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, after watching it and uh, it, it's become kind of like, I, you know, if we can find it on streaming, you know, it's been something that we have watched the last few uh, holiday seasons just because it's like, you know, it, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Same <laughs> here. I, once we've gotten just too many shitty Hallmark movies under our belts around the right. holidays, and we're like, all right, I'm popping with tonight's end in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but but it, it's just uh, it's just a ton of fun, and uh, you know, it, it's a good spin on the on the, you know, so the the cliche, I guess, of of the zombie films. Sometimes. Well, it's it's one of those two where you're not going to get a a musical Christmas zombie film until the yeah. genre's been around for a little while, and we need yeah. To- to freshen it up and <laughs> try a new approach. That wasn't going to be Romero's right out the gate, you know, genre right. he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's definitely great. How about you? I, I picked a couple of honorable mentions, but I, I went specifically for, I wanted to see kind of modern-ish yeah. international zombie films. Like, okay, so Romero, like you said, very like local filmmaker, Pittsburgh filmmaker through and through, even in his non-zombie films. Very, very yeah. Pittsburgh guy. So I went outside of the borders of the United States to kind of look at like, well, how are zombie films done elsewhere? Sure. Um, one of the great film industries in the world in the last, I want to say, probably like 15 years now is South Korea. Yes. And one of the ones that really grabbed me, I put off for a while because I was like, I'm just not in the mood for a zombie movie. But I, I finally <laughs> did get to see it on the big screen, uh, Train to Busan. Oh, yes. 2016. Now, yes. this is exactly what you were mentioning when you're talking about... Um, I can't remember the word, the, the hordes, uh, the swarm is how yes. I was thinking of it. Um, a lot of people might picture like some of the, tra- either the trailer or the film World War Z, which I am not picking, <laughs> but it, it's that kind of that. It's a fast moving swarm of zombies, which is terrifying in a way yes. that, you know, the slow moving ones aren't on top of which it's, if you get bit, you're a zombie. There's a whole awful, painful looking transformation once you're bit. But at the core of this one too, um, you've got a, a father daughter story. Yeah, uh, they board a train. Some weird shit's happening, but they're not really sure what's going on. It's in 2016, the film. So like modern cell phone technology exists, communications, that sort of thing. So they start getting the word of like how bad it is. They luckily happen to be on this train heading to Busan uh, when making some stops along the way. So it's kind of this like, wait, are we sheltered enough? Are we isolated enough? Oh, crap, it's on the train. And then yeah. it's like the checklist of like the various characters that kind of band together. There's the, the panicky person. There's the selfish person. Like there's all the different character types you could have that would be on a public, public transportation. Um, but then also f- figuring out what the rules are, what's actually happening. Can you believe it's happening? The shock of what's happening. How do we survive? How do we communicate with our yeah. loved ones? I mean, it's just a boom, 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 go, go, go um, action movie. Uh, it's got a ton of heart, great character development, but also you've got, I think a pretty good description of, or a good portrayal of like the fast moving swarm kind of zombie elements as well. 
Absolutely. I I believe I saw the sequel as well. Peninsula? Two years ago? Yeah. Uh, well, it says it uh, came out 2020, so a couple. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that one was um, – I didn't like it as much as the first, but uh, it still uh, – it had some very inventive kills. I, I and, and there's also, I guess we should just mention too, there's one, uh, the same director, uh, Yong Sang Ho, hopefully I'm saying that right. He did another one called Seoul Station, um, mm. Seoul, uh, South Korea, obviously, the, the city, in 2016, but it's and it's animated. I haven't seen it, but I think in the timeline, if I have it right, Seoul Station is first, then Train to Busan, and then Peninsula is in the world of Train to Busan, but a different story Yeah, at the same time. If I've got that one right. So yeah, technically like a trilogy around that story there. So if you're a fan of, of one, I don't think you need to watch them in any specific order. Yeah. I mean, so many great films from South Korea over the last like decade or so. I mean, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's like, there's something that they're teaching people the right way, how to make films out there. And, you know, maybe, maybe it should rub off a little more on some of our, um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually hadn't thought of the origin of that, but you're right. I wonder if maybe film schools in the U.S. should be taking note of how film is taught. Maybe yeah. film schools in in South Korea. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so. uh, what else you got for honorable mentions, Mike? Um, I, you know, I guess I, I really kind of went more the comedy route. You know, this one just always stuck out to me as as a lot of fun. Uh, from director James Gunn is uh, 2006 Slither. Oh. which is um, a movie where this uh, this meteorite uh, hits a, a small town and fast fastly uh, these uh, little uh, worms basically inhabit different people and kind of uh, grossness ensues uh, but also a lot of a lot of humor and you know James Gunn came from the uh, the trauma school of, of film so um, that's right. Where, uh, you know, he, you know, I, I can't think of all the, the names, but I, Tromeo and Juliet was one of the ones that he made and, but, uh, basically took his like low budget, uh, roots and, you know, given a little bit of studio money and, and made this like blast of a film, you know, Nathan Fillion, um, who, uh, is known mostly from Firefly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is really, really charming in the film and Elizabeth Banks, um, you know, also, it, you know, I don't know. It, it's just one of those, one of those movies that uh, the last couple October's as well that you know I just pop in and have a good time with it, even though it is like extremely gross. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm I'm sure like you know by design and uh, but yeah. I mean it's like funny gross in, in a way, but uh, it's also just a quick watch and. You know, so I, I uh, it, it's kind of interesting now that he's transitioned to this comic book uh, filmmaker, basically. But I would love to see once he's done with the Guardians films and, you know, Suicide Squad stuff, like I would love to see him get back to this, these roots and, and make something uh, genre film like that again. I don't know if this would be a topic we should do for the show at all, but there is this lament I too have James Gunn's a good example of that. We're like, God damn it. The Marvel cinematic universe is scrape is grabbing up all these really <laughs> yeah. interesting indie directors that I'm like, yeah. I want some more of your indie stuff. Can we like, right. come on? Marvel? Like, <laughs> that's fine. You know, 
separate separate complaint, possibly separate topic, but you right, know, right. Make your money. Siphoning. Make your money. Right. 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 <laughs> no, that's interesting. It's also um, was that a lower budget one for him, or was that like? Yeah, I, I haven't actually see. seen other. So it it was like a fifteen million dollar budget. Okay, so okay. not too bad. You know, considering it did come out from Universal, so it was you know probably something lo- on the lower end that they were doing at the time. But yeah. uh, you know, it's like obviously um, when you have a filmmaker who comes from that that really low budget world of trauma, yeah. Um, you know they're able to probably do a lot once they have the the, the keys to uh, fifteen million. You know? Oh yeah, it's probably one of those uh, you know made for fifteen, but probably looks like thirty because yeah, you know, you know what to exactly. do. <laughs> Stretch <laughs> that dollar for Absolutely. sure. Uh, how about you? Any any other ones? Yeah, I got I got one last honorable mention, and I picked this one for a number of reasons. The first one is because it's just fucking great, but <laughs> it's also. Um, one that I think captures the ethos of uh, George Romero, as we were talking about with, with Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And so this is called One Cut of the Dead, which is uh, Japanese. Actually, we're, I'm sticking in the comedy zone here. Uh, <laughs> Japanese uh, zombie comedy film uh, written by Shin Ichiro Ueda. So again, I do not have a Japanese tongue, so apologies for mispronouncing that probably. Um <laughs> Made it for like an extremely, extremely low amount of money, uh, translated to American dollars, $25,000. As a filmmaker, Mike, you probably appreciate this too. Eight day shoot for this one. Wow. A week. <laughs> Shot this movie in a week. This one though, I, it, it is highly spoilable, which I'm not going to do. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the start of this movie, when you watch it is, it's 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 a it's one long take and I forget how long it is but I want to say it's like at least a 15 maybe 20 minutes long and you're just like what the fuck did I just watch it's crazy um so I'm only going to talk about the first section of it because I think it would hook anybody who's into zombie films or actually if you're just a fan of like uh, of films in general um because it's 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 a movie kind of about making movies yeah so the first, uh, the film starts off, you see the cast and crew of this low budget zombie film called True Fear, um, and they're shooting at an old abandoned water filtration plant. So the director of this movie is desperate for the movie to work out, right? <laughs> he's got personal debt. Uh, he's frustrated with all these actors that are just doing their own thing. and They're not really paying attention. And he's trying to arrange this like one long take of a thing. Um, and he has drawn a pentagram in blood. Uh, to try to to activate you know real zombies because there's this haunted past to the water filtration plant, and that happens. Like it, it, they're they're shooting this, and as they're shooting it, zombies attack, <laughs> and it's all one take. It's just it's bonkers. Um, if you're there for if you're there for sorry, if you're at a zombie movie for the gore, you get the gore. If you're there for like the interesting kind of dynamics within all of the different humans and how they're completely screwing this whole thing up when it's shouldn't be that hard to save yourself from a few zombies popping up when you're, <laughs> you know, all together and binded together, it should work out. But, uh, you know, they, they figure out a way to, 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 to fuck up that whole thing as well. <laughs> and it, it does play in the realm more of the Romero stuff. This isn't a swarm. This isn't a fast moving zombies, but you know, if you're a bit, you will turn, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it, but it, it, it plays around with zombie conventions and also plays around with film conventions at the same time as well. And like I said, that's just maybe like the opening 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Um, it gets really interesting, uh, from there on out and how it plays with, um, storytelling and the zombie subgenre as well. And I know we, uh, 
maybe peeling the curtain back, but like I had, we had talked about this before we started recording that there's a French remake of this very film, even though I didn't know this was one of your, uh, right. your picks, but uh, just, just, you know, and it, it's from the, the director who made the artist uh, that one, uh, you know, swept the Oscars a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see uh, his take on, uh, I am. Uh, I am too. His is called Final Cut. Yeah, which is also a decent title. But um, I think, if I remember correctly, one cut. Um, I mean, we have it like at the library I work at. We have it on DVD, so it's available on on physical media. But I think uh, Shutter grabbed it. Oh, okay. So it's. That's I think great. it is out there. Um, out there streaming um, as well. But um, any uh, other honorable mentions, Mike, or should we jump right in with our our watch challenge picks? I think I'm I'm ready to uh, reveal my pick. All right, what do you got? What is your pick for uh, zombie films? This film is uh, is a movie that I first heard about because my former boss, uh, his first job in film was on this particular movie. Ooh. He played a he played a driver, or, or he was a driver for the film, but he also. Uh, they put him in makeup and made him a zombie. Nice. Um, so <laughs> so it, it's a movie that I I bought based on him telling uh, us that he was a part of it, but it sat on my um, shelves unopened and everything. But it is uh, Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Eat him up! Eat him up! No, no, no! These are Chud... Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Prepare for horror, laughs, and thrills in this outrageous sequel to the home video hit Chud. Chud 2. But the Chud. Starring Brian Robbins from Head of the Class, Garrett Graham of Police Academy 6, Robert Vaughn, Bianca Jagger, Larry Linville of Match, and many other popular stars. A dead body is nothing to be afraid of. He's suave. Is he heterosexual? <laughs> He's charming. He's different. Well, he eats people. I guess that could be interpreted as personality quirk. He's Bud the Chud, a half-dead decomposing humanoid, the result of a military experiment gone haywire. Colonel Masters, there was a reason that these creatures were kept underground. For instance, the little matter of the drug's cannibalistic side effects. Now he's loose on the town, spreading the horrifying Chud disease everywhere. <laughs> what in the wide world of sports is going on in here? <laughs> We're not just talking about some animated corpse. You got it? Everything it infects mutates. The army, the police, and the FBI can't seem to stop this ravenous plague. But a group of clever kids might just chill the Chuds. Unreal. Chud 2. This Chud's for you. <laughs> uh, and it's from 1989. And the basic plot is, uh, you know, there's a military experiment to create a race of super warriors. And it goes bad. And uh, it, you know, it unleashes legions of zombies um, on this uh, suburban neighborhood. So I will be the first to admit this is not 
what most people would consider a very good film, but it it does it does have some charm to it, mm-hmm. and it also features a lot of uh, character actors that are uh, you know known for the horror genre, especially you know the um, Garrett Graham who plays Bud, and uh, he's probably best known. I mean, he was in Phantom of the Paradise. Oh yeah. Uh, he's also in uh a couple other films that, you know, like Child's Play 2. Uh, you know, he he definitely has a lot of um, you know, B movies and in in like horror films under his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh the other uh really entertaining um uh, character is played by Robert Vaughn, um who is uh I mean, he he has so many credits, but uh, he wasn't Magnificent Seven. Um, but uh, towards like the latter part of his life, he tended to be in a lot of these like lower budget eighties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, horror comedies and everything. Um, so yeah, it is. Uh, like I said, it's not. You know, it, it's not like the, the greatest movie, but it also. Uh, I will have to mention it stars uh, Brian Robbins, who. Um, is now the one of the heads of Paramount, but uh, it was best known in the 80s for being in the show Head of the Class. Um, so this was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. this was intended to make him maybe break out, but uh, his role is kind of underwritten, I would say. So like, <laughs> you know, it's like he... You could see like, you know, he's trying to like charm it up or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, he wouldn't like probably have it on his his demo reel or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I find it funny that he now like runs like a major studio. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But 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 basically, um, it does ultimately lead to this big because they're high school students. So it it ultimately leads to this big dance scene towards the end, <laughs> and there is a <laughs> with with all the zombies and there's this theme song that kind of runs throughout it's, you know, Bud the Chud, uh, the, it, it's kind of like an eighties, like robotic rap kind of song. <laughs> you can find it right now on Tubi for free as okay. well. The, the one thing that, that gave me like, um, you know, the, the, the good feels is, uh, it was put out by Vestron pictures. So, you know, like that, that V logo. Oh, that, yeah. uh, so my guess is that it was probably direct to video. I, I could be wrong on that um, because I think Vestron just put a lot of stuff straight to video. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was their thing. Uh, but, but the chud and I, uh, I did look for my boss, but uh, I could not spot him, but I did see his oh. name in the credits as a, as a driver. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so that, that's my, my pick. Bud the Chud. Chud yeah, it says originally intended for theatrical release. However, the movie was put out on VHS and Laserdisc by Vestron Video. Yes. September 89. Um, so, quick question. So, I <laughs> just... <laughs> what the fuck? No. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I feel like that's the reaction watching the movie. So, I, I'd never seen Chud 1. Same. I have not. Either. Until this past spring what which, which chud stands for cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller 
Good point. Okay. So yes. yes. So I watched the first Chud. Highly recommend as one of those just like so bad it's awesome yeah. like B movies. I so I knew there was a sequel out there. Um I did not remember that it rhymed Chud two or <laughs> rhyme but the Chud, but yeah, but the Chud rhymes. Um but it's not zombies in the first one. So you're saying in this one they're taking They take the form of zombies, yes. But they're using this like the DNA or something from the Chuds from the first movie? Yes, there is this, uh, it's basically like this, it's in these vials um, okay. in this military area. And at the beginning of the film, it, it gets like, you know, it falls on the ground. Of course. And everybody's like, oh, I, you know. And then that's that's what kind of caused the catalyst. It's, it's like, it's oh. kind of lazy, I, I will say. <laughs> like, it's not like a, it's kind of just done like almost like half-assed. And then it just like all of a sudden zombies start. Okay. But here's the thing. Here's the one thing that's funny with it as well that I just remembered is like, it doesn't really have a lot of gore uh, because they are trained not to fully like kill them. They just kind of give you like a little bite and that's what makes you a zombie. Like, you know, a dog gets, gets the zombie treatment, uh, but is like, is not like fully maimed or, or bloody, it's just like a little bite, and then all of a sudden, it's it's like this evil dog, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, you have to. It's it's not a cinematic masterpiece by any man <laughs> measure, but uh, I think uh, you might you might have some fun with it if you're like doing a marathon or something. <laughs> I was gonna say if yeah, because I'm curious because it, it didn't sound like it had anything to do with the first one. So why would it? It's just called Jet two, <laughs> but also, yeah, I'm thinking like if I'm, as I, you know, go through October, I'll put on like, you know, double features or something when I have um, free time and, yeah. or, or, you know, try to marathon something around Halloween, you know, you want something like this. I mean, you want something, I mean, you want kind of good, good in comedy with all of the, your, your picks here. And those would be something I'd want in the mix to kind of, lighten it up have a little bit of like what the fuck am i watching kind of kind of vibe mixed in with the the other stuff too so i'll i'll, I'll keep a i'll keep a chud, chud too but the chud in my queue just uh something lighter through the halloween season so what'd you end up picking here all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna swing swing very differently which is uh what really entertains me about about our show mike <laughs> um so I went with uh, I went back to the seventies. I really wasn't sure what to go with, but I wanted something new. Again, like I said, I didn't. I don't feel like well versed in 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 the zombie film uh, subgenre, sure. and so I was like, all right, well, you know, let's get something here that I want to. And I was also, again, I was still kind of looking outside of um, the borders of the United States with zombie films to sort of see how the genre kind of rippled out uh, to the rest of the world. Since we're given, you know, Romero, the the, the father of the zombie film, the credit here. That's yeah. Pittsburgh, very American thing. So this movie goes by two different titles. I found it recommended on a letterbox list where it was called The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue from 1974. So obviously UK, uh, England here. Look, it's not my fault, Sergeant. Christ and saints are out of fashion. Satan's all the rage these days. Listen, boy. You keep getting on my nerves, and I'm going to give you another kind of house to look after. One with lots of bars in the windows. We'd better reinforce that door. Take the lamp. I can just imagine the sergeant's face when he finds out. Craig, can you hear me? 
Sergeant, they're dead people trying to kill me. Uh, but then over on Internet Movie Database, it's called Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Ooh. So I've never I, heard of this. One. I, I kind of I had neither until uh, until looking this up. And then as you know, looking at IMDb trivia and, and some other stuff, apparently it had like 15, 16 alternative titles. It was just one of those movies that just repackaged, repostered, um, redubbed, whatever, um, and was put out there. So we've got a. Spanish director, uh, George or Jorge uh, Grau, G-R-A-U. It filmed mostly in Italy. Okay. <laughs> Use it even more. <laughs> it's set all in England. And, and there was some filming in England. Some of the exteriors are there, but it was mostly shot in Italy. And it's got an international cast of actors I had never seen or heard of before. <laughs> so the premise here is you've got two characters. And it's a very, very Romero in its approach, I think, because um, it does deal with the the, the human element and what can go wrong with humans when they're put up against you know a zombie in this case it's a zombie outbreak sure so you got this guy george who is traveling to the countryside on his bike not uh motorcycle not like pedal bike so he's <laughs> he's sitting there on his, on his on his motorcycle and then meanwhile there's also a woman edna who is also traveling to this other little city they're heading out of the big city into the countryside they both happen to stop at the same uh petrol station gas station and he parks behind her. She accidentally goes in reverse, hits his bike, damages the wheel, so he can't drive anymore on the bike. And, you know, oh, at least I can do, I'll give you a ride. So they're now together. So they don't know each other, but they're thrown together and yeah. they get lost in the countryside. Of course they do. And because <laughs> either one of them knows exactly where they're going. And what's going on out in the countryside is like the Department of Agriculture for, the, for England is doing experiments with the radiation. Um, it's like they called ultrasonic radiation as a form of pest control to get rid of the pests in the farmland and save crops or whatever. So they can eliminate, you know, pests and, and farms will never have to deal with pests again. They don't have to spray anything deadly. They just douse everything with ultrasonic radiation. <laughs> but guess what the radiation does, Mike? Um, I'm going to have to guess it turns people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dead start coming back to life. So it's one of these where... 1970 there's 1974 so there's like a little bit of this kind of like eco apocalypse kind of vibe to it but yeah. this in, in this in this version it's that the dead are coming back to life first is a guy who was freshly dead who comes out of the grave who um a local i think it's like a local drunk who drowned a local farmer confirms oh yeah that guy yeah he drowned like a week ago and she's like well he just attacked me in my car but of course no one can see him he's, he's not around anymore so oh, you're crazy <laughs> so they're dealing with like what the hell's going on um but then they're also trying to um explain to other people once they know what's going on no no the dead are coming back to life and everyone's like what are you talking about that's crazy <laughs> um the description on imdb i found really uh, a great little selling um pitch to anybody who wants to watch this one and i would highly recommend it um i mean it's not as good as night of the living dead or dawn of the dead but it's I, i'm gonna say it's kind of close in my book like yeah. it, it's highly entertaining um it does have some good gore um it builds though it's not like right out the gate um, there's also some okay action and great suspense, good cinematography, uh, a lot of daytime stuff, but a lot of like good night kind of gothic stuff. Um, with some of these exteriors they shot in England. A cop chases two hippies suspected of a series of Manson family-like murders. Unbeknownst to him, the real culprits are the living dead, brought to life <laughs> with a hunger for human flesh by ultrasonic radiation being used for pest control. So you've got a cop who doesn't believe anything that George and Edna are trying to say about the living dead. Um, and he hates hippies because it's 1974 and that's, you know, 
that's, that's what cops were doing. Like I said, it's it's really great how it builds. Um, if you do not care for gore at all, you are not going to like the end of the movie. Um, it does lean very heavily into that because they're zombies and they're pulling like intestines out of people. And <laughs> it's not like it's not really over the top gore. I don't know if I'm going to explain this too well. I mean, that yeah. zombies aren't real, but that's what zombies do. They eat people. So right. you do have scenes of them eating people. Um, I don't think it's too a gratuitous level, but it's to a degree where you're like, oh, God. <laughs> And it, but it doesn't linger on it and kind of fetishize it the way like kind of more modern stuff does when it really leans into the gore. This is 74, so it's pushing some boundaries. And I don't want to go too far into it, but it does have that that Romero vibe of like, oh, God, these humans are just going to fuck it up, aren't they? Um, and, you know, they're hippies, right? Yeah, they're hippies, right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's it really does have like great human drama and human dynamics to it. But it's also interesting because you have two characters who don't know each other, but they're thrown together. And because they're experiencing this trauma and this um, this whole story, they do feel a kinship for each other. And it's also over like one weekend. It's only a few days yeah. here. Um, but unlike Romero, there's a there's a cause to why the zombies are they're, why they're zombies, why they're not corpses anymore. And as an audience member, you're like, oh, if they could just stop this radiation pest control experiment they can stop the zombies and some people at the morgue are aware of kind of what's going on because they're using these steel coffins that like bolt shut so that yeah hey, they won't come back to the fucking life anymore <laughs> um <laughs> kind of thing so it, it's interesting who does and doesn't know what's really going on and who they tell and who believes them and who doesn't believe them because again it's kind of a confined time period but I would, I'd highly recommend it it's definitely if you're a fan of like the romero school we'll say the yeah. early romero school this one's right up your alley and definitely is playing in that Romero sandbox very effectively. Definitely up my alley. Yeah, it's 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 a solid one. And um, like I said, there's a good daytime shots. There's some good evening kind of shots at one point. Like they're they're trapped in like, um, like, I guess, the basement at the mausoleum at the cemetery. So then you're just like, well, shit, there's corpses everywhere. <laughs> Who knows what's going to go back? So there's there's some close calls. It doesn't lean too hard into tropes, I don't yeah. think. Um, like I was like, oh, they're going to fall down now. And like, oh, please save me. Like there isn't too much of that. There, there are characters who I think are pretty smartly dealing with a, what the hell is going on. And they don't really have the words for it because they're, they're not at an era. This is 74. So they're not referencing zombie films at yeah. all, you know? So it's not meta at all. It's an, it's a sincere trying to cash in on hey, night of living dead zombies are, are successful. That's a hot horror topic right now. Um, let's make a movie. Well, they just happen to make, I think a pretty, a pretty good one trying to cash in on a, on a current trend. So, so uh, yeah, so it's either let sleeping corpses lie or the living dead at the Manchester morgue. Okay. I think the first title is much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I found that one also on shutter right now. Oh, nice. But I'm sure it's, it's out there too. I, I need to re up my, I need to get shutter back in my life. Cause I let it lapse and you know, there, yeah. there's, there's a lot of good stuff on there. <laughs> oh, and apparently Edgar Wright has also seen it and praised it, but he saw it as a movie called don't open the window. So I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. One of those three titles. I wonder if that inspired his, uh, his grindhouse trailer. Don't, don't. <laughs> uh, yes. This right now is saying that it inspired his uh, trailer in the grindhouse. Double. Nice. Don't. All right. Good call. <laughs> 
Also, yeah, great film brain, Mike. You remembered the fake trailer for a movie that doesn't exist in the middle of two other movies from a decade ago. <laughs> oh, and that, that could have been a great, like, uh, honorable mention. Uh, just even, like, I would love to see whatever that is, you know? <laughs> like, if he ever made the feature of that, I would be like, please, Edgar, get, you know, take all my money. I will Let's do it. it. Yeah, yeah. So for our official watch challenge picks for zombie films, we've got uh, Chud 2, Bud the Chud from 1989, <laughs> which Mike, was that a mild recommend? What's the what's the recommendation level here? Yeah, it's like uh, as um, a fan of 80s horror, I would say, it, you know, if you are a fan of 80s horror, yeah. um, it's definitely on the lower tier, but it's worth worth a watch and it's like 84 minutes so it runs at a clip oh nice yeah nice and breezy yeah uh so yeah we got bud two bud the chud and the living dead at the manchester morgue aka let sleeping corpses lie aka don't open the window from 1974 (laughs) many many thanks to daddy j for that topic uh that was a great uh some good finds there. Uh, Mike, what challenge do we have in front of us for next time? So up next, we're going to do J-Horror, which is Japanese horror. So we're always taking listener suggestion, any genres or any topics you want covered. Please follow the links in the show notes. Um, you know, you can always email us. Absolutely. And until next time, folks, uh, if you're enjoying the show, rate, review the show and whatever podcast app you are using. And we'll see you in time for the next challenge. Mm-hmm.